I was texting with my guest today and I said, side note, I want to interview you for a thing in New York or L.A. in the next month or so. And my guest wrote back, yes, please, for the love of God, someone interview me. Um, and I said, you're a comedian on the rise. And I said, <laughs> um, I said, uh, my Netflix special is called Blocks. So the premise of the interview would be, what are your blocks? Meaning what makes you feel crazy and alienated from the world? It'll be deep. You'll be very uncomfortable. And people will be grateful that you shared your vulnerability. And you wrote back, yes, hurry. Mm-hmm. My guest today, ladies and gentlemen, is... I'm Dave. Dave Letterman. I'm Dave. And while you were reading that uh, prolonged uh, prologue, uh-huh. I uh, sunk a three-pointer here with the uh, paper towel. No small thing. I'm very excited about that and, and feeling now much better about everything. Nice to see you. It's great to see you, too. <clears throat> and uh, having... Uh, having seen the uh, live production of the uh, show that you can now see on Netflix, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm very happy for you and your success. How many of those have you done? This is my second. So, uh, good for here's you. something you may not know. You know who got special thanks? Oh, that's cute. What did I, what, I did nothing. You just came, dude, it was nice that you came. Well, I, no one expects you. Here's the great thing about you no one expects anything. That was, so, uh, that was, uh, uh, the the good part of that night was uh, uh, seating being seated comfortably in the theater the cherry, uh, cherry street, line, yeah. yeah cherry line i'd never been there before very nice yeah. uh and watching the show everything before that everything after that was fraught <laughs> <laughs> the pre show well it's a lot of interacting yeah it uh it, it once again <clears throat> it reminded me of why i just shouldn't leave the house because it went sideways in a hurry, and then when when I thought the the first incursion had healed, after the show it just got worse. <laughs> I know of one. You were, all right. Well, this is what and I want then, to talk and, about. And this is how bad it got. the The following day, I think I had to call you and apologize, <laughs> and you I had to Derek, call Derek the director, and apologize, which yeah. you didn't have to apologize, <laughs> and it was very funny. Yeah, because I I thought I had, uh, good Lord. Well, this is, we can talk about this. What's interesting about you is your, your TV show, the, the late night show and the, and the, the both late night shows, you were, you know, incredibly confident and, and like a great broadcaster. Mm. But then I also would see you lay down in the middle of your monologue if a joke didn't work. Like you were kind oh, of yeah, openly. Yeah. No, I, that's right. I'd be wounded. Yeah. Yes. 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 Which is an interesting combination. Like you were kind of openly wounded or yeah. openly cranky. I, yeah, that's right. I and couldn't, I couldn't overcome that. Yeah. I took it personally. And But it's part of what made you appealing. I don't know about that. The thing that uh, impresses me about y- y- you and your era, your generation of comedian, is this hour-long show i think that that's how long the the cherry the 70 yeah the netflix is an hour yeah yeah uh, that's a remarkable piece of work uh i'm twice your age i couldn't put together an hour if i started from moments after my birth you didn't have to though no but i'm in awe of people who can do it and 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 that's uh i'm very impressed by the change that uh stand-up comedy has achieved for itself. Because when I started, <clears throat> for a lot of people, it was a hobby. Get five minutes going, Merv Griffin, thank you and good night. You know, you're set. Yeah. Uh, not so much anymore. It's a, it's a real commitment. And and I didn't have that, don't have that, but uh, I'm very impressed by but people I think who can you, do it. Obviously, you could if you wanted to. Didn't You've done, what's the most time you've done in the last five years? Um, on stage, not, uh, I don't know, six minutes, seven minutes. I would argue that you could do more. Uh, like, what do you think? Is you Martin may have Marty the wrong Short. Dave here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were, well, it was my fault. Um, did you, did you, what do you think of like when you see Marty Short and Steve Martin? Steve obviously was a comic. Martin wasn't. So I, do you, didn't, you've done shows with them, right? I did. I did one show with them in uh, in Texas, just as a, a an interloper, just as a guest. Oh hi, how are you? And their show, I loved it. I loved them. I loved their show. I loved everything about it. And and again, um, just in in a bit of uh, envy, like whoa, these guys 
are committed, their version of show business, completely different than my version of show business. I think that's a choice, though. I would or argue perhaps, that's a choice. I, th- yeah. I think I, uh, uh, it's, it's hard for me to write because I, uh, uh, I'll write it once and then I'll write it another dozen times. And I find that uh, the anxiety that accompanies that or, or drives that is uh, crippling. So I can't imagine like the, the writing that you do. And most of your writing, I guess, is in the afternoon and then on stage in the evening, mm-hmm. uh, which is what comics do. And, uh, geez, I just, I, if I were to do it over again, I would approach stand up completely differently. This is what I want to speak to you about. You do strike me as a guy who, based on the, your interaction at the show, at my show, Oh, you think things <laughs> through. You overthink night. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have put that in the review. Yeah. A miserable night, Dave Letterman. <laughs> uh, but you, you tend to, because I'm in the same boat where I'll, I think, I overthink, I screwed that up. I'm an yeah. asshole. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Why can't you just be normal like normal people? That's right. And what I found is I'm overstating it. Never, nothing, nothing's ever as bad as we think it is. And people, and even more so people don't even really notice. Everything's just flying past yes, people. That, that's right. But, uh, there are, uh, flags that make it all the worse. And it's, uh, when the curtain comes down, I'm speaking symbolically and you know, it's not gone well and you walk off stage and no one will, it's always this. Oh yeah. <laughs> n- nice job. And, and then it just, you, the hole just gets deeper and darker when you know you've bombed and everybody around you Socially. knows you've bombed. You, the, the energy, undeniably, yeah. the energy is different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, is, is that self-generated? No. It's, it's in, that energy is in the room. That didn't go well. Everybody feels it. Everybody knows it. Here's the reason for, for the shift in the energy. Right. Okay. Yeah, I agree that. But it's like the: Are you paranoid or are they happy? It's like. It's yeah, like, that's right. That's right. But now let me ask you this: I think we're talking about a universality here, aren't we? Yes. Not just comics, people uh, on the planet. Yeah, you kind of have to be a sociopath to think things are going well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Socially. So there is a bright side to being a sociopath. Yeah. Good news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when you talk about your life it a lot of it seems like you wish you had done things differently yes now when when i started doing stand-up comedy but it's not just comedy it seems like everything yeah there big things there's some big things certain things uh, are marginal but big things yes i wish i had approached a few things differently but in terms of stand-up comedy i didn't know what i was getting into necessarily because my model was the tonight show with johnny carson and you would see uh, two or three comedians on there each week and they would come out and they would do five and a half minutes and then they would sit down with Johnny. So that was, that was the goal. Get yourself five and a half minutes, sit down with Johnny. What I wish I had done was made my time on stage more anecdotal, more biographical because, uh, who isn't f- endlessly fascinated by themselves. Mm-hmm. So that well of material is infinite. Yeah. Okay. Do you find that you overly regret the life stuff? I know you feel like you had kids too late, right? Yes. Had, had, yes. Absolutely. Without question. Yes. A, a crucial, um, yes. And that's a thing that makes you feel bad mistake. But, but now your relationship with your son, Harry is, seems to be your most cherished thing, right? You know, it's like every parent. There was a, t- a time when uh, I should have addressed parenthood and delayed it and delayed it and delayed it because I thought, holy crap, are you kidding me? It's a TV show. There's nothing more important than a TV show. Leave me alone. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then we had. Do you era. ever think, though, like you waited too long, you still had a great kid, you still have an amazing relationship with the kid. Mm-hmm. There is something to making a great thing. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. And I'm not talking about Emmys. I'm, I'm talking about no, no, like no. literally you, you, the day yes, to day. Yes. You're, you're correct about that. There is, that's uh, a lovely part of life being able to do that. Uh, I'm just not convinced that that's what I did, but 
let's... You know that that's dysmorphia. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, you did a great thing. Um, you know, when I have this conversation with my wife, which is uh, hour to hour. Uh-huh, of course. She she always says, look, no, look at your, you. how many people did you employ? You had maybe a hundred people work for you. That's a great thing. That's something to be proud of. And I just think, wow, <laughs> you are on the wrong side of the freeway here. <laughs> you ran like, it's like owning a carpet factory or something. Yeah, that's right. Like think about she, all the people, she the local economy. You're so, looking yeah, at a local That's economy. right. Yeah. Uh, support your local merchants. Uh, and there's now having said that there's probably nothing anyone can say. Of course not. Right. Of course not. No. Uh, uh, now let's just say, let's just pretend that this goes really well. This will carry me through the next 24 hours. I think it's period. going well. Well, that's We're what not I was going to to you. We're not finished. No. There, but now let me happen. ask you this. Are you this way? You're this way and yeah. then some? Well, first of all, it's very hard to get a sense of what your life and or impact is, right? I think the best thing to do is look in the eyes of people that you trust, whose opinion you trust, and go, oh, they seem impressed. So I'm going to think that I must have done pretty right, well. Right, except that it's show business and people and get lying. paid to seem they're impressed. Yeah. You know, and, and I know when things go okay. I know when things don't go okay. You know, and, and you're the ultimate and and only important judge really yeah how, how do you feel it's not how somebody else feels how do i feel yeah and and if i feel like a worm leave me alone i feel like a worm and and i'll get over it yeah how long does it take to get over it um eight hours 12 hours how See, long the, did the, it used to take the, the the beautiful thing and maybe the reason that i stayed so long was you screw it up monday you come back tuesday and apologize for monday and the sun comes up in a metaphoric sense. And then you get Wednesday and maybe the sun goes a little higher in the sky. And then Thursday, maybe it drops out of the sky. And then Friday, it comes back up. And so it, it was it was self-therapeutic. Did you live by the Johnny Carson maxim that things are never as bad as the good shows are never as good and the bad shows are never as bad? Uh, the good shows are never as good and the bad shows are as bad or worse. <laughs> than you could even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, when, when the show would suck, I would wait till it was very, very dark before I would leave the building. You told me that story one time and I'm fascinated by it. You wouldn't, so you would have a bad show. I didn't want to be seen summer, in daylight. Some, and the sun doesn't set till eight thirty, eight forty-five. 45. No, I'd be there at 10, 30, 11. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is depressing me now. No, well, no. So that's a block. How did you deal with that? Were there points in your life where you were like, I'm like the conclusion of my show, which is like, I'm not very kind to myself and trying to find some semblance of self-acceptance. Were there moments in your life was having Harry helpful in terms of like contextualizing yourself or getting some, some perspective? Well, uh, what I learned eventually was I pursued a variety of things that would make me feel better about myself. And the thing that ultimately made me feel better about myself consistently was if I felt the show went okay, then I would feel better about myself. These 400 people reinforced and, and uh, eradicated, erased, or disguised my self-doubt for, for an hour. So then I would feel okay about myself. Uh, and then I, I was able to help with that uh, pharmaceutically and but the uh, harry is uh represented actual love mm -hmm. actual love to me uh you know i i love people in my life but harry was uh like ball lightning i've heard that's the good stuff kids for for me it was yes <clears throat> but i was uh, so afraid that Harry wouldn't like me mm -hmm. that uh, I, all I tried to do was entertain him. <laughs> so I look back on it now and I think, well, that was a miserable thing to do to the kid uh, every night at bits? dinner. Uh, yeah, I'm bits. That's right. Sock yes. puppets yeah. and, and food. And then I would try to engage him in improv at the dinner table <laughs> and he just would have none of it. So even that, uh, but yeah. But do you did do you ever see things without revealing anything about him? Do you ever see tendencies in him that you're like, ah, we got to nip this? 
No, like uh, no. so, he doesn't have the sort of no, no. He 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 doesn't seem to suffer what I suffer. Correct. He seems to have self possession and and confidence uh, about who and what he is. That that apparently uh, I this is crap. No, that's the thing is you don't know, the new show business. We all talk about our feelings openly, and and uh, and people are grateful because Dave, no one talks about this stuff. Uh, there's a guy named Bert Kreischer. Yeah, I know Bert. He's going to be so excited that you know who he is. And and he came to my attention a couple of years ago uh, because he's not wearing a shirt. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, oh, I must have come in halfway through the show and he auctioned his (laughs) shirt off or something. But now, uh, subsequently, he's always without a shirt. And I've asked people who should know what's that all about he's like a part he likes he's the literally the life of the party he's like he love it's remember like spuds mckenzie <laughs> he's yes. like spuds mckenzie but but, on, honestly, but he can write Neil, would you go to a party if you knew guys were going to have their shirts off i mean i wouldn't but that's <laughs> not but i had to do a show about what's wrong with me yeah. so i it's not He's that that party element. People love partying, but but, but but he will put his shirt on one day. Well, you know, he's got the showbiz thing where he's like, "Do they only like me because I don't wear my shirt?" He's got his own dumb no. self doubt. No, is that true? Swear to God, <laughs> it's show business. So he he is completely invested in his own hook, and without that, he well now he's like, "Do they? Am I actually funny?" He's got a movie coming out, and he wears a shirt through most of it. And I'm sure he's like, "Are they going to hate me for wearing a shirt?" This is revelatory. I I'm thank you. That story is delightful. <laughs> that story is delightful because in my mind, I'm thinking, "I'm the best looking guy in here without a shirt," you know. But that's no, not it at he's all. He's a big. He's got a big fat stomach. Yeah, he's in horrible shape. But he's he, got a big fat. If he's in good shape, he can't take a shirt off. Right. Then so, it's not funny. So he would think that if you put a shirt on, people would stop going to see him? Uh, yes. <laughs> of course. People are just the best, yeah, aren't we're they? Like, we will defeat ourselves. Yeah, that's Does right. Does not matter. No, I, I think you're right. I think uh, hum- humanity is its own worst enemy and comes up with new and crazy ways to prove that each and every day. I'm tempted to call Bert. I'm going to call Bert because he will absolutely uh, love this that you know who he is and, and, and are questioning. And what, what are the chances that you're actually going to get him on the phone? I don't, well, I think pretty good. Where, where does he live? He lives, he has two houses. <laughs> In fact, this is how well the shirt thing's going. They just bought a third. Wow. So yeah, that's Bert. That's well, see, good. this represents what I know about comedy in this generation the industry of it, the commerce of it is so far more than it was when I started. The, there was a list of what comics made last year. Want to guess what he made on the road? Well, I, I have no idea. $25 uh, so, million. Dollars. I'm sorry, how many? $25 million. Bert did. Yes. Oh, my God. Good for him. Yeah. Hold on. Let's get him on the phone. Let's see what this could. This is like a radio contest. Oh. Do you want to leave a message for him? Yeah. Press one for more options. Hi, Bert. Uh, it's Neil Brennan and uh, Dave Letterman, and we're talking about you and uh, the fact you don't wear a shirt. Uh, and I was delighted and pleased to know two things: one, that you think without the shirt or without without the shirt, people wouldn't like you. And also, last year on the road, you made twenty five million. <laughs> so all my best and congratulations. Great, got that knocked out. Yep, took care of that. Um, do you ever see, now, do you ever think to this yourself, is way more fun than I thought it was going to be? Uh, no, I knew you thought it was going to be treachery. Um, do you ever think, do you have any other showbiz quests, any other comedians that the I can things may come to me, but th- this yeah, is yeah. the one that I was curious about. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you ever look at your level of like your neuroses as being kind of the engine for this great life you built for yourself? Because yeah. I know that you've got to think objectively, because as I do, this is going real. Like, I, you ever, I think to myself sometimes, like, how much better could this be going? And then you're into, like, you know, it's like uh, Formula One stuff where it's like microseconds. Mm-hmm. Like, how mm-hmm. much more, what higher peak is there for you? You know? 
Well, uh, to to me, uh, I'm still at base camp, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that, I believe you. No, that that's it. And and I uh, looking back on the life now. Um, you own a race car team. Yeah. <laughs> From talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have real problems. And, You're right. And and the world is a real problem. So I, I feel stupid talking about it. Who else can we call? I mean, look, it's it's kind of endless at this point. It's, you know, you know everybody. I do know a lot of people. Well, let's let's talk about uh, your old partner, your old writing pal, uh, sure. Dave. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Yes. What did you think? Uh, here's what I've explained to people. You ever hear that? It's an old bumper sticker. I root for UCLA and anyone who's playing USC. Dave is for black people and whoever white people are against that's mm -hmm. my interpretation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think he sees with kanye and Kyrie getting in trouble like oh that he dave did a joke about oj where he's like oh he's in trouble like he will defend whoever needs defending so all right let's get back to you we have a premise to work here which is these okay blocks. okay so the blocks of your life self-esteem i was one. i will say that having uh, seen your stage version of the netflix show uh, in, in addition to being uh, interesting props, very effective symbols. Yeah. yeah. They're good looking. Yeah. And they were expensive. You have them in your house? I do. Uh, they were very expensive. Good. Um, now, I will, I will, just got the idea. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll slide one your way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah no, it would mean the world to you. Um, <laughs> how did you find dealing with a staff? Did you find that hard? I find that yeah, very hard. I found it impossible. And I, I got to the point where I said, this is not, uh, why I left Indiana. I'm, I didn't leave Indiana to go into personnel. Yeah. I just left Indiana because I thought I was funny and it made me feel good if people would reinforce that doubt in, in a positive way that no, he is funny. Uh, but I, no, I was miserable at it. I did. I didn't want to know what was going on. I, and people would come to me with problems and people would be crying and I would make people cry. And I just, it just, uh, let the air out of the whole thing. And only, and I'm saying this is a shortcoming of mine. It, it's, I don't know. It's I, hard. It's yeah. a different job. People, some people I know are very good at it. And from time to time on the staff, we would have, uh, we always had a, a group of people that would you know, the, excuse the expression, the adults in the room and they, sure. they would be very good at it. I, I, I tell you, I, I'm, here's what I'm tired of. You know, uh, I saw it the other day. Uh, did you see what I did there? When will that go away? Somebody doing that as a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and then before that it was ish. Well, yeah, s socks ish, you yeah. know that, when will that go away? How does that start? And, and, and why do people think, oh, I'll put that in something because I heard somebody else do it. And it's gotta be funny because I heard somebody else do it. How about I just threw up in my mouth. That was a big one. That was a big punchline yeah. for, I, did, I didn't know that was a thing. That was a big throwing up in your mouth. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it. I didn't know it was one of those things I'm trying to describe. Yeah. Now. Yeah. No, it's, you're talking about hacky comedy. Yeah. Um, uh, people had, people watch bad comedy and think, oh, I can do that, and then they go on to reproduce bad comedy. And also, they it's I have a bigger theory, which is people don't want you to get a laugh, so they go, I see what you did there, and you're like, eh, you just made this less funny. <laughs> like I was being funny, and then you made it less funny because you wanted to get in on it. You yeah. wanted like a, an assist, and you actually made it less but it, it never goes away there's always a new wave of them and i don't know how that starts it's just cult i think you created a bunch of them it's like snl chappelle show did it your show did it like certain shows like uh adam mckay does it with will ferrell all like ron burgundy and i'm yeah, kind of a big deal that, that, and that stuff and, and i think you're right about it but it's at a much higher far more palatable level than eh, see what i did there you know that's yeah. just it's low it's low it's shitty yeah. it's crappy comedy what can be done about it uh i mean we can make pass laws about it well i retired so that takes some of the did iron you, out though? of the fire no not did really, you no. I would just say right now, when I was a kid, and perhaps when you were a kid, yeah, boy, I can hardly wait to be retired and spend all my time. Well, that's that's a myth. Well, yeah, it's 
meaning it's incredibly boring yeah, or yeah yeah and 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 not satisfying as a human pursuit yeah oh, you I'll need just... a well that's you need some kind of carrot to to, to yeah. chase well that's what i was going to say so you you do find that worthwhile uh making the netflix show the great the excellent netflix show how do you approach those segments different that do you see it as like a profile piece hmm. i um uh, well it's different i spent about six weeks d- getting my hands on every bit of uh, performance or research i can about the person whereas when you're doing a nightly show you, you get the stuff at lunch and you look over yeah. it and at and at five o'clock you're doing the show so you get to know the person and to me, that's the best part of it because these are people I don't know, uh, largely people I wouldn't get to know. Uh, and and I, I find that part of it very satisfying. Well, that's what is, you do seem genuinely interested in people. Like you are a weirdly like a humanistic guy. You like people. Am I crazy about that? No, I, um, I, well, I, again, when I'm talking about myself, but um, I, I do, I, in, in any situation, I would like to talk to a person. I, I don't want them talking to me. I would like to talk to oh, them. Oh, that, interesting. So maybe it's control. Maybe I'm one of those guys. Uh, yeah, control. I, people think that's bad being a control freak, but like, that's how you, you got to do stuff. <laughs> but you don't, you actually don't, you're, I feel like you're, and I knew this would make, the whole show would make you uncomfortable. That's why I knew you had to be the first guest. I, am um, I the first guest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Jimmy Carr pitched me the idea, and I was like, it's a Jimmy good idea. Jimmy Carr. The great well, d- Jimmy tell Carr. Tell me what you know about Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr is, we became friends maybe four or five years ago. Where? Geographically where? The Comedy Store. Why was he, he in, in Hollywood? He just happened to be, he comes to America every once in a while. All of his business is in Europe and England specifically. Yeah. Comes to America just to kind of like, hello, I'm Jimmy, and I'm doing great, and I'm, and, uh, I met, he had watched three mics that day and he was like, I can't, but it's so great to meet you. And like, we became very good friends. The thing about me is because of the types of show I make or the the types of shows I've done, people will kind of confess stuff to me. So me and Jimmy have a kind of a helpful, the kind of cute psychological relationship where we talk about our problems. He's had like very bad panic that he's dealt with until about six months ago, he would wake up every morning on the dot at 6 a.m. like this <gasps> every day, <gasps> panic, 6 a.m., like an alarm. And I, he's just did something to get him out of that. Uh, he's just a really funny, great joke writer. And he likes the action. He likes having a lot of busy work. And, and that's the thing, you know, when people say, when you look back in your life, you're not going to think about work. There's times when I'm like, ah, you know, I've had some pretty special experiences at my, at my work. Cause it's not a regular job. It's not construction. You know, I have like real, uh, connection, emotional connection with people that I don't think you get at most jobs. Uh, perhaps I, I think sometimes the notion that it's show business by which you get these special uh, events in your life sort of undercut it. It's sort of like, yeah, okay. It's oh, gir- yeah, yes. you're with the circus. Fine, that's good. But but Jimmy Carr, uh, I actually met him. Judd Apatow uh, introduced me to Jimmy mm-hmm. Carr, and I knew uh, quite a lot about Jimmy Carr just from watching. He does quite a lot of work, and then I watched his most recent uh, Netflix special. And he comes out, and he does this thing that I guess Ricky Gervais also does. These are just jokes. These are not the actual events. Mm-hmm. Nobody is getting hurt here. I'm just talking about something, and it's only a joke, and they're designed to make you laugh. And I thought to myself, well, that that doesn't work, but apparently it does work. Yeah. People leave him alone, right? They did. They finally got him on that special. He made a joke about uh, Roma or gypsies, as we know them. Made a joke about gypsies and the confederation of some a group condemned him for it and what was his penance for that he he had to apologize he had to no i don't i actually don't think he ended up doing anything but that's what in this sort of cancel culture largely unless it's close to illegal you can say anything and it's it's kind of a fake cancel 
it's a bit there's a bit of a wrestling to it yeah they fake outrage and you fake contrition i understand that but what i thought was i was so surprised that the the roma situation notwithstanding i felt so surprised that his firewall was this announcement at the top of the show <clears throat> these are just jokes don't worry about it i thought that nobody is gonna let him off the hook with that they'll just grandfather people in you just get like well we can't get mad at him anthony jeselnik talks about horrible stuff eh, it's jeselnik it's like when uh, the dicaprio you don't have to get married you 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 this is what you've been doing so if you just keep doing it they will accept it we have to get back to the premise well of the no, no wait a minute because this this uh <clears throat> i've seen jimmy carr on some uh panel show mm-hmm. that he does and he comes i didn't realize that he came to the united states and at some point i become aware of the fact that jimmy for one reason or another quit paying income tax one year he did the thing that like most famous British rich people do like the Rolling Stones got in trouble for it in the seventies mm. where you maybe say you live somewhere else. like some I, I Island thought, I or thought something. my inference was that this was more heinous that this, they this, made it seem more heinous. I see. My understanding was it was, they were making an example of it. I see. Okay. But it was no more heinous than anybody else. So I was thinking if that happened to a comedian, a well-known comedian in this country, that person, he or she may be done. But but over there, not only is he still working and thriving, it's now part of his uh, professional CV. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. People are, yeah, well, Jimmy, have your accountant call me. It's like that now. Yes. No, yeah, exactly. Well, here, you could almost make a case that the right wing would be like, yeah, don't pay taxes. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, they'd yeah, be, you're for, forgetting yeah. about the new yeah, America. Yeah, way to go, pal. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I don't, I wish I had the strength to not pay taxes like you. Yeah. Hey. Do you like me? Do you like the podcast? Do you like? Did you like blocks on Netflix and free mics on Netflix? Come see me on my new tour. Brand new Neil coming to Madison, Nashville, Salt Lake City, San Diego, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Atlanta, New Orleans. Thought it was going to be New York. New York's coming. Austin, Houston, Dallas, New York. Told you it was coming. Philly. Boston, Los Angeles, figured it would be Angeles, Los Angeles, Denver, Phoenix, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Minneapolis, Vancouver, Toronto. If you have a good airport, I'm coming to your city. So come fuck with me. It's a good hour and it's called Brand New Neil. Go to neilbrennan.com for tickets. Please cure my clinical depression. Actually, it's not bad right now, thanks to you. <laughs> Let's talk about you. Okay. Your blocks. Okay. You had an alcohol problem at one point, mm-hmm. which you overcame just by quitting. Yes. Yes. I had to quit. Uh, I started drinking. It's the same old story. And it was for a while, and it was okay. Uh, Dad's having a scotch and soda at Christmas. What's that taste like, Dad? Well, here you go. Here you go. So I had it and loved it, whereas you think an 11, 12-year-old would be uh, find it repellent. I thought, wow, yeah. Pretty delicious. Yeah, they make this for kids. <laughs> uh, and that was, that was the beginning of it. And, and uh, yeah, and then I, I just quit. But, you know, I, I just loved being drunk. You love you like the feeling? I well, don't like the feeling Loved everything about it. it. Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's what I was going to ask you about. Is, so you're... You always struck me as a guy who, like, when did you feel most uh, attuned to the cult? You feel like you're from, you're like, there's something old-fashioned about you, especially when you make that face. Um, There's something old-fashioned about you, like, you're from the 50s in mm-hmm. a weird way. Like, Well, I yeah, I am, I am from the 50s. Do you feel like, do you feel anachronistic now? Do you look mm-hmm. at the world? At what year did you start going like, what the hell is happening? Because in the 80s, you still seem like you were just a cool, you were a cool dude. You yeah, were about as cool yeah, a dude as there was. Man, yeah, I'm you Steve were Dave McQueen. You were, for TV, you no, were like okay. the only cool person on okay. TV. And I know this yeah. kills you to hear. Yeah, it does. Uh, doesn't kill me, but I don't, I, I you know, I, uh, 
Anyway, yeah, that's a, an interesting question. When did I realize that I had uh, left the building? Yeah, like where you just because I'm starting to get there where I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, like well, I don't relate, and I don't like I don't have the same values. Well, it's it's a it's like a slow boiling infection. Uh, there's a phase where Go I on. don't. Uh, geez, I don't know uh, what 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 happened to uh, why. Uh, what who are Where's these Frankie people? Valley? <laughs> That's right. That was, I said, can we get Frankie Valley on the show? <laughs> Is Tony Dow still working? But you would have like the clash. You had good, you had really, well, really this cool is be, music. This is because I had smart people, uh, Sheila Rogers and her production staff uh, booking the show. You know, they, they that was their business was music. So, and Paul, oh my God, uh, P- Paul was and still is. Although I think he's a little like I am now about uh, yeah Frankie Valley. Well, Paul would love Frankie Valley. Well, yeah, they can he can see like the in there and the inherent value of Frankie yeah. Valley. But like yeah. I always thought that the way you would do field pieces, your remote pieces, felt like there was like a fifties industrial mm-hmm. film quality mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> well, I th- I think that was because in those days when we started, which would have been in the the late seventies, yeah, seventy nine, eighty, around in there. Nobody was doing comedy like that where you just go outside and do comedy, I don't think. Now, maybe others were doing it, but you had, you know, like half-hour syndicated shows like uh, uh, Los Angeles PM or whatever they were called when they'd go out and do features. We would go out and and try to do something funny. So, yeah, I think that's an accurate uh, assessment. It It, was, uh, now it would look anachronistic. Is there a part of you that felt like that you wanted to be like rebellious on TV? I always thought, wait till I get on TV. I will be whatever everybody has been waiting for. And I, I really believed that. And I, and I had people with me who felt the same way. Uh, the head writer in those days, Merrill felt the same way. And the people that she recruited felt the same way. And then, so we got on TV and we realized we're exactly opposite of what people want on TV. And, for the and morning show. For the morning show. And then later I was torn on the, the late night show because I thought, is it is it too weird? Should it be less weird? Should it be right down the middle of the road? But I think luckily it was more weird than it was less weird. That's what I wonder about is like, I know when doing the the, the, TV, the show I did, it was there was like a level of anger to it. Wait a minute, you did a show? Yeah, a TV show. Really? I don't like to talk about. It. No, what TV no, show no, did it's you Chappelle do? Show. Oh, oh, I'm saying oh, 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 it I wasn't thought, my I show. The Neil no, Brennan yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, no, no, no. God, here's can Neil. Can you imagine? No, I think that's this why might, I was that, having trouble. This might be it. This. And we 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 spared is it, no now, Is this a podcast? This is a podcast, but people. Here's what happens now: people will put it on YouTube, and it will get hundreds of thousands of views, if not millions. Really? Yes, for real. Little number here. Bert, stupid Bert. I didn't. Now you're putting didn't words say in my it, mouth. But it was, it was, it was coming from your neck. No, you know no, no, I mean? no. But now, the next time you see Bert, he's. Like, I don't appreciate you calling me stupid. Is he gonna? He, he no, we'll go like, after... I can't believe you called me stupid. <laughs> you won't be able to understand what he's saying. Um, <laughs> so who of of your group and and you're in pretty good company. Your your comedic peer group and and your CV is very impressive. Thank you. Now I can dis- this I can dismiss it. Right, but no, I can but dismiss no, okay, it like you can. And you know how you think I'm stupid when I dismiss just it? Just indulge me here. So your friends, tell me your friends. Okay, we have Dave, your buddy My, Dave. like, class? No, yes, your class. Well, that's, that's right. the thing is my class, I'm sort Bill of Burr. between. Bill Burr. Burr is above me. Above Burr's, you. Burr's how, above how, me. how many years above you is Uh he? he started in the mid to late 90s. I didn't start to, like, the around. I did a little bit in the early 2000s, but I didn't really start start till 2007. And where is Jerry Seinfeld? In the pantheon of comics, where is Jerry? Is he? Like, he's just ascended. He's like ascended to He's like a saint. Just yeah. Like no one's thinking like I'm doing I want to do those Seinfeld like he's just He's just above. Mm-hmm. He's like his own. But if he were thing. to walk into, is the comedy store still where you guys yeah. go? If if Jerry walks into the comedy store, it's like oh, I Jesus, think he guess bumps, who's here. I think every, Burr, the guys who are like unbumpable, Burr, Sebastian, Sebastian made twenty. Sebastian made more than Burt. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm going to send you this list. You're going to love I, you it. know, I've, I've seen a couple of his shows. Funny, funny, funny very funny. impressive. Like, yeah, just well, really that's funny. that's the thing. I look at this and and I realize, oh my God, these people are so much smarter or or aware, so so much more aware 
and have such a greater presence that to put together an hour is just, you would have done it no. just by not, not, competition no, if, mm, i don't know i believe I it i, I believe that you would have done it if i were alive in the 70s now what about leno where where is he in this jay is with jerry it's just here so he's just like ab- above, above and beyond like, does corporates and yep. just in this other all private jets and like just we don't you never see you're not going to bump into him at lax right but he he <laughs> Uh, so uh, in, in your group, who, who is, who is Jay, uh, who, who is Jerry in your group? Mulaney. Because in, in my, oh, I would John say Mulaney's in my group. Like uh, he, he, I, yeah, Mulaney, like good. in terms of like, I, we did kind of op- shitty shows together, like bringer, not bringer, quite bringer shows, but like Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, um, Aziz Ansari, but I'm older than those guys. So like, I didn't do stand up till after spell show. So I don't feel the same like you know now, like you Birbiglia always... and Mike oh, Birbiglia yeah. and, and John Mulaney went to college together and Nick Kroll went to college they all went to Georgetown now, did you did you, you want to uh, always do stand-up or was the I mean because it's you could... one of these things where being deferential can hurt you in that I didn't I would I was like ah it's a low impulse wanting to perform mm-hmm. so I was like I like writing I like giving people tags I like I like working with Dave and so we wrote a movie and whatever. So I was always kind of like, no. And then he, once he left the show, I was like, you know, I got to be more independent and not count on another person right. to, to like my entire existence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then once I started it, I love comedy. So it's like, I like doing the job. I like doing well. I like making these shows. Um, and so, but in terms of my class, I'm a bit of a tweener. Cause I was like, had been a successful TV show person before I started. Right. And so like Mulaney and those guys, and then they got super popular quickly, like Mulaney and Aziz and then Kroll and Burbig, like they were sort of like, pyram, pyram, pyram. and I was kind of like, eh, I just, I did really start from scratch. Uh, in my group, uh, the funniest was Jay. There, there were other people that would come in and uh, put on a better show, but just funny to funny, it was always Jay. The, I saw clips when he was on your late night show. He was always really funny, and you were very generous to give him an outlet. I have a question about that. Do you? What do you think of that? Looking back on it, the rivalry and the late night wars and all that stuff. And do you like, obviously maybe you think it's a shame, maybe like, how do you, how do you categorize it in your mind? Well, it's, um, overall it's embarrassing, uh, because I don't want to be the guy who's, uh, pissed off because, oh, I didn't get so-and-so uh, because I didn't truly feel that way. You oh, didn't feel that way? No, no. What, how did you feel? It wasn't my choice. You know, I, no, nobody ever came to me and said, we would like you to host the Tonight Show, so okay, they didn't want me to host the Tonight Show, so I can I can live with that. It wasn't as though I had made a mistake, uh, as far as I knew. Yeah. So, and and uh, I I thought maybe uh, we would just take our show, move it to California, but that didn't happen. Uh, and and I, be the Tonight Show. Yeah, and and I I think it probably worked out for the best. Jay did a great job and. Uh, I would, I would, Hey, you know who else did? I'm old. The, the guy thanks, with the, the thanks, gray yeah. beard, my friend, yeah. gray beard. We'll be right back. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it, it embarrassed just a little embarrassed. Uh, like, like you didn't like making it public or no, it, it was because uh, look, um, there, there are things one looks for in, in a friendship. Mm-hmm. And if they're there, you have a friendship and you hope you supply in equal, the, the yeah. same things. If they're not there, you're not friends and that's, that's fine too. It can be very painful though. Um, in this case, it wasn't painful, but let's okay. don't, let's don't pretend we're friends. Right. Got it. Yeah. Was there a part of you with the self-loathing part of you? Did a part of you go like, well, you don't deserve it. No. Or, oh, good. No, no. Good. Oh, where, where I don't deserve yeah. it. Yeah. No, no. The the part of what turned on me was, oh my, I may never work again. Huh. So so I I tortured myself about that. That's the thing that no one would believe is how 
But much it, people, it, talented people think I'm never going to work. Well, it, in, in show business, it's true. You you may have to go to the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I see, I don't even know now if it's harder or easier to become you. Was it easier for me to become me? Was it easier for you to become you? What about Burt Kreischer? He takes off his shirt and makes $25 million. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so is that easier or harder than what you did? Yeah, I don't know. I did well now. The cool thing is there's so many paths. Yeah, there really are. There's yeah. just so many because there's because comedians are like very valued right now, just in the last 10, 15 years. Because they we do provide a valuable thing, which is like independent thought. Uh, there's no, you know, I always explain to people like so the the government is kind of like very corrupt, media's corrupt, clergy's corrupt then who do you look for? Then you look to, like we look to John Stewart or we look to you after 9-11 or we look to, that shouldn't really be the case. You know what I mean? I'm not saying we didn't look to, it used to be Cronkite, right? It was like, yeah. it was it was these pillars and then it the culture shifted and a lot of those, those uh, right. Right. institutions failed. So other people took their place. Right, other people took their place. And while you say that really shouldn't be the case, on the other hand, maybe to have a broader foundation uh, and a wider variety, maybe that's just natural. Maybe that's the the way. The yeah, ripple. maybe it's better. Yeah, maybe. Um, it what, may, maybe maybe it, it it makes an invaluable source of information easier to access. I well, I'd rather. Li- I mean, look. I'd ultimately like if I can hear it from Dave Chappelle or. Uh, Ari Melber like I'd rather hear like he they're more we're more entertaining shout out to Ari I mean, Melber I, I did the show two on, weeks ago Ari. God bless um <laughs> boy he's wearing shorts uh, does he really yeah yeah, yeah. and he, he knows uh, more about hip-hop oh, man does he know than hip-hop. any 10 people ask him yeah um in fact don't even ask me don't even ask him I do wonder about that where you look back on that and you just go like should you have been more private about it do you was it your own hurt feelings pettiness, well, I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you what what it was the the fulcrum of the whole thing was i uh called and i i've mentioned this before i called jay to congratulate him on getting the the job and then jay said well what will you do now and i said oh i may do this oh i may do that i may do this i may do that and it was i felt on both sides heartfelt and uh and this is going to sound so stupid the next week this is a story in the National Enquirer, and, and it has uh, a hyperbolic, exaggerated version of what I said. Outraged, uh, steaming with anger, uh, bl- blood spitting uh, like that. And I just felt like that was not necessary. Yeah. Uh, were you, when you got all the sort of other networks uh, vying for you, were you, f- did you, were you f- like excited for yourself or flattered by the attention? Uh, sure. Yeah. Because uh, you, like I said earlier, I went from a position of, holy gosh, I'll never work again yeah. to suddenly, oh, we got a Brandon Tartikoff's at Paramount and they're talking about this and Fox is coming in and uh, CBS is here and like that. Yeah. So it was it, but it's show business. Ultimately show business. Uh, I, I'm, I'm now one of those guys. I'm officially on record as whining about my life. And I have really nothing to complain about. Come to the right place. Yeah, I guess I did. Nobody um, told me I'd be the first. Well, you don't guest. have to be. I'm not. I don't know how I'm going to roll them out. Okay. Well, I'd I'd like to be. What? Give me a pick a number. Well, who would? <laughs> no, now well, you want to know. Well, show. No, wait a minute. How, this who is the who else have you booked? The competition between <laughs> value, like corn pone values, Dave, and showbiz, Dave. Yeah. Because there's a you're, well, a, you're a showbiz animal. Yeah. No, I. You I still want to win? I. I think first is exactly where i want to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah why not yeah why not um and do you that's the what do you make of because you are still you ask ted how your show does you want to know how your show does on netflix uh i talked to ted ted's been very kind to me ted and i have a a a very friendly relationship unlike any other you you know ted isn't yeah i've been he has a party and i go um you don't have to dismiss it like that but <laughs> he's like uh, no another person i've worked for or, or worked with in that that capacity yeah he uh is a big fan of comedy and he's been very very nice to me very, and very supportive yeah yeah so i'm uh, uh, i guess 
where I am now with Netflix and with Ted is maybe the best place in that dynamic that I've ever, ever worked in. So when you talk about you'd be bummed from doing a bad show. Oh my God. Horrible. Yeah. And then, then you cheer up. Do you ever think to yourself, this is short month. This is like a bad casino to be in this self-esteem and good feelings based on how good the writing or whatever. I I feel that way about a lot of aspects when you get from this, from this perspective, I, I, I look at things and I just realize why did I invest any emotion in that or in that person or in this project at all? But you also find it valuable because it is personal expression. Not not, not the way I once did. Because I don't know if you, you must have done this when you were doing a regular show or when you're putting together your one hour shows for Netflix. Now streaming. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Doing a plug on my own show. What a weasel move. Gotta see it. Yeah. Uh, you, you, it's like your head is in the sand. There's, you know, you're the center of your own universe and nothing else counts. Yeah. Well, that's a mistake. That's a 180 degree mistake. And, and I was in that for 30 years and not till I got out of it. Did I realize, oh yeah, it's a TV show. You know? Yeah. And, and what, it was not only that, it was a device to make me feel better about myself. When the show ended, how did you, while it's not refillable, what did you do as a as a as a new thing? Well, it's it's funny. You go through this crush, and I have a friend of mine now who's going through it, where all of a sudden, a wide variety of opportunities present themselves, and it's like, oh my God, I'll just go out and pick one of these, and it's the same meeting. So, Dave, what would you like to do? And I think, holy crap, I did it for thirty years. I was hoping you'd have an idea. Yeah. And the next thing you know. The meetings get farther and farther between, and the offers don't seem as real. And so that helps you into that. Uh, you're just, uh, you know, sparring with oblivion. So, uh, and and then that that's why I have great uh, happiness with Ted, because they were nice enough to help me with this. But there's no obvious self-esteem mechanism. Obviously, seeing yourself on the front page of Netflix, great. Now, maybe you got in the top 10. Maybe you're trending. That it's, stuff's it's, nice. It, it, yeah, yeah, it is nice. It, so it, it, I wonder what, how you're getting the getting the morphine. So well, like like this dopamine. Dopamine. Uh, sorry. So Thank l- you. like like this, you know, I'll feel uh, depending on how what I hear from uh, that woman over there. Uh, she doesn't lie. God, I wish she would lie. <laughs> <laughs> We'd both be so much happier. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Valuable, but painful. Yeah. No, so this is this is nice because who doesn't want to talk endlessly about themselves? The, I don't I will say that you should do more podcasts because you're very good on them. <laughs> yeah, but you but you think you're I think you're gonna be happy with there's not this, that many of them is the thing. No, I know you can't find one. No. Um that you would enjoy. I like your interest in the lower uh, uh, people that have not the, the younger comics. I find it admirable and like, uh, like it feels like your heart's in the right place. Like you're interested. You, you watch people. Mm-hmm. You like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Not even a, like I admire. It's just like a, you're, you like comedy. Mm-hmm. You're in it. Like, right. Good. Keep being interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I wonder if I'm interested enough. I wonder if my uh, in, range of interest is broad enough, is deep enough. I mean, I know a few things, and I I know how it's going, and then I see names that I don't don't recognize at all. I've never heard of before, but by gosh, good for them. There they they go. They've got the one hour streaming show. Yeah. Um, and and then there was a, I did this thing for the uh, the Netflix uh, comedy festival. And we had uh, what was the name of it? Uh, that oh, that's my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was a kid on there from Boston, uh, Sam Morell. Yes, yeah, Sam's great. And and so uh, he couldn't do something, and he couldn't do something. So what he did was he videoed his own thing, and then put it on YouTube, and eighteen million mm-hmm. people saw it. He got no money out of the 18 million people except that booked him for the rest of his life. And I just thought, holy Jiminy, that's, 
Yeah. Did I say Jiminy? Yeah, I think I, you did. Because of the last minute I was going to say Jesus. Does the beard put thoughts in your head? Does the beard make you say shit like Jiminy? I, I, I wish, Every once in a while I it hijacks something you? would put thoughts in my head. But I, I just thought, honest to Christ, he built this in his basement. Yeah. It's, it's literally it's that. excellent. It really takes the... the now, the, could, you, could you have done that if Netflix said, eh, no dice? Uh, I think I could have done it. Would I, could I have done it on, on YouTube? Maybe. I think the venue helps me. I mean, it legitimizes you obviously. Oh yeah. Once you hit Netflix or now they're the competition is, is, uh, or the opportunity for comics is, is broader than it had been. Right. Yeah, for sure. But there's still, Netflix is still the gold standard. Um, but my question for you is, so where, so did you wean yourself off of that level of, uh, a crowd, 400 people, or did uh, yes, you replace yes. I, it? I, I would do things like I went down to uh, Texas and, uh, it's like being a former athlete in a weird way. That, that's right. You don't want to be the casino greeter yeah. or, or maybe you do, I don't know, but I would go down and I would be with Steve Martin and, uh, Marty short on their show. And that was great fun. And, and, and I enjoyed the experience. And you did that with smaller live shows and yeah, and- you just little anything here and there. Uh, like the, the other day, uh, Chris Russo. Uh, yeah, yeah Matt, the man. Yeah. So he's inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. Yeah. And uh, they asked me if I would call in and congratulate him. So I did. And that was fine. I thought, oh, there you go. Yeah, it you get something. some, you get a little Yeah, juice. that's all you want, really. Because yeah. uh, I don't know if you're at that stage now, but I can't imagine going on the road honing an hour special. Well, that's the funny thing. So I released this. Blocks. Now streaming. What a fucking weasel move. <laughs> um, I release Blocks, and the and the and then they go, there's a limo outside waiting for you. And you uh, go, am I going to the Emmys? And they go, you're going to the airport. You just have to go on the road. And you're like, oh, yeah. this, it's, a, again, grateful. Yeah. But it's yeah. wearying, for sure. Yeah. It, it's hard on your body. Right, that's right. So I had enough of whatever the routine is. I had enough of my routine. So small things here and there are, are useful. And um, and do you find yourself overall healthier, like mentally? And- no, no, I wouldn't say so. But but it, it works. It, it works. But there are too many other things to deal with other than your own peace of mind or things that assault your peace of mind. I, I mean, the idea of retirement being your golden years is just horseshit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's talk about, I'm so tired of talking about me, although I really enjoy talking about myself, but I'm sick of it. I just want you to be doing good. Thank you. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want, no. and people, by the way, people feel that way about me. They like, Hey, I, I hope they watch the show and they think like, I'm in bad shape. We, I know that what you're going through is manageable because I'm because I'm managing it myself. We're both very lucky. We just have some. We have a inner model. We got a tape that's a little faulty. I just uh, finished reading the Michelle Obama book, and I thought, well, let me let me see what she's up to in her second book here. And uh, page after page after page, it's exactly what you and I are talking about. She. Uh, struggles with the same thing. And I thought, wow, okay, it, it has to be universal. Yeah, like that's if, if everybody. she and I are representative of this issue, it has to be everywhere. Yeah. And do you have a plan to, do you work on it? Well, she really works on it. And I, and and what, what I work on, and again, going back to the Chris Russo thing, who knows if anybody heard that? Who knows if it was even on the air? But just the act of, trying to make him laugh that that was that was good for a week you know and you know when the bat when the bat cracks yeah yeah well i heard heard it crack here a couple hours ago here's what i want to say to you yeah you're i you're again you're not going to like it i think you're incredibly valuable i think you're incredibly unique i think that any i i wish if i could take your doubt from you i would uh your you're uh you're also you you are and were always such a cool uh fixture in american life and um and i just think you're just excellent beyond uh, not in it's not going to help you minute to minute i'm just letting you know you respect me i respect you thank you a lot thank you 
I, I would honestly, I would feel better about myself if I could have done what you have done with the current Netflix effort. You want to hear a small world story? Yeah. I wish I could have had a TV show for 30 years. Oh, that's sweet. We'll right. be right back. Did you bring a clip? 